Hey humans, welcome back to My Game Fiction Addiction, the podcast where we obsess over the greatest storylines in gaming. Last time, me and my guest host, Mr. Ben Craig, took our first steps across a galaxy far, far away in Bioware's cult sci-fi RPG, Knights of the Old Republic, aka KOTOR. It was my first experience with the game, Ben's had many a rodeo, and we decided to take very different paths. Me being a very moralistic, goody two-shoes Jedi, and him being a total intergalactic dick out for himself. We're about to dive into part two of our playthrough, so if you haven't listened to the first episode yet, go back and tickle your ear bells with that. When we left off, we were on our way to the Sith-dominated planet Corriban when we were unexpectedly ensnared by an enemy ship called the Leviathan. What happened? What's going on? Sith interdictor ship. They must have been waiting for us on the hyperspace route. We're caught in their tractor beam. So strap yourself in, guys. Here we go with part two. So, Ben, when we left off, we had just been grabbed by a tractor beam and I keep, you know what, I keep saying tractor, tractor beam, like a beam made out of agricultural machinery. You're saying it right. This is where I'm going to be exposed as a Star Wars fan of not knowing something. It just sounds <laughs> silly when you say it like that. <laughs> it really does. I've just questioned it all the time in my head. Tractor beam. Anyway, we're grabbed by an enemy ship. We're being pulled in. And the next thing you know, we're all captive aboard the Leviathan. It comes out of nowhere. You just know that something big's coming. You feel it. We are in a torture chamber being harassed by none other than Saul Carath, who is Karth's old mentor that he keeps banging on about and wants revenge. Karth, it has been far too long since we last spoke. I see the recent months have not been kind in your case. I barely recognised you. But I recognise you, Saul. I see your face every night, even as I promise myself I will kill you for what you did to my home world. He seems to be a very kind of close confidant of Darth Malik as well. Right-hand man, basically, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. Shit is about to get real. Karth, obviously, is running his mouth, kicking off. He wants justice for his wife. Karth actually has a son called um, Dustil. His wife is dead, we know that much, and Saul Carath was responsible for that. But where is Dustil? Is he alive? Is that... Did I miss another side quest where you can find Card's son? Because I'd be gutted if I did. All will be revealed. Damn it! That, that's a yes. <laughs> that's a big fat yes with cream on top. All right, fair enough then. You and Bastila and Karth are stuck in these like giant test tubes being zapped and stuff. And because you're being tortured, there's no way you're going to be able to get out unless you kind of send someone else in first to infiltrate the ship and to free you. Who did you choose? I love this because there's so much choice. There's so much choice because you've got a whole party on board. So you really are like going, right, who's my best, who's my best right hand man? Who can I count to yep. do the job? I chose Mission. Ah. She was my, my, my gunslinger in crime. And I just know that she could weasel her way out of a sticky situation. And she did interesting oh great cool so how did mission do it what did she do so she got locked up into a um a prison uh, a cell and she stole the keys off the guards she kind of smart talked him ah sticky fingers mission sticky fingers mission who did you choose 
I chose Jolie Bindo because, as we know, he's my boy. I was a bit of a Jedi junkie in my playthrough, and I just used Jedi mind tricks all the damn time. Like, mostly, as we discussed in the last episode, effectively to get out of parking tickets. Like, every time I docked anywhere, I was like, I don't need to pay the fee. Jolie, I figured he could use his Jedi mind trick as well uh, for great effect. And it actually was bloody hilarious. So I had Jolie, uh, it cuts to your character on their own. Jolie's basically there in his pants because they take all of their equipment off them. They like to strip them down, don't they? They really do. So Jolie's just stood there like basically in the nud behind bars when it first starts. And then effectively the guy comes over and just says to Jolie like, Uh, I can't even remember what he says, but Jolie says, you want to let me out of here? And he does. Uh, And then he's like, you want to get behind the bars? (laughs) And the card does. You shouldn't have let me out, Sonny. That was wrong. Admiral Karath won't be too happy with you disobeying his orders. Yes, what I did was wrong. Very wrong. You deserve to be locked up in the cell for disobeying orders. Yes, I deserve to be locked up for disobeying orders. I was just being such a cheeky little Jedi. Something else as well that I realized I hadn't actually used until I got Jolie to rescue my crew on the ship. Hydromatic. Ultramatic. Why it could be Sith lightning. It's so OP. You just, I could literally take anyone out with like a zap. Yeah, it is pretty good, especially when you upgrade it to like the one where you can just like deal the whole room in one blast. Oh my God. Yeah, literally I lit up the room like a Christmas tree. Every single room that I went in, I was zapping everyone. Where has Sith Lightning been in my entire game? How did you react then? Because obviously you're controlling mission. She's going around. I'm controlling Jolie. Uh, They're attempting to save the rest of the party. Then you kind of get it cut back to when you're being tortured and... This is a horrible situation because Admiral Carath is like, right, I'm going to start torturing Bastila and Karth. Not going to lie. I'd warmed Karth. Never liked Bastila. I was like, yeah, torture or whatever. <laughs> what did you think? For you, they were to torture Karth. Because for me, they tortured Bastila. Male or female then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I... Wow, I don't know if this is the time to say it, but I had gone through a whole, like a whole romance with Bastila. What? So I had grown a connection to Bastila. I'll come back to that shortly, I think, because let's, let's deal with the matter at hand. We're being tortured right now. but um, Yeah, no time for that. There's a really good Easter egg at this point. So when he asks, where is the, the Jedi Enclave? Ultimately, he's testing you because they already know. They know where it is and they've actually already blown it up. And I thought about that poor droid um, who was getting banged by that sexually frustrated housewife who lost her husband. (laughs) I was like, man, that's the last thing he needed. (laughs) I think it's the first thing he needed. (laughs) (laughs) It was his sweet relief to death. Please kill me. One of the lines you could say, which I said was, it's an old ran, which is like a perfect um, hearkening back to A New Hope, where the Empire do destroy old ran, and she says, it's on Dantooine, so it's like ah. a reversal. Just a simple yet clever way to do an Easter egg, I find. But yeah, um, contrary to my dark side playthrough, I just let Bastila have it. She was a tough old bird. <laughs> <laughs> But you'd also developed a relationship with her at this point. Like, had you just spoken to her, like, more than anybody else? Because I, at this point, I was fairly even. Like, Karth and me, we'd been through, we had, like, a weird, troublesome marriage. You must be the most damn persistent woman I've ever met. There'd been friction there, especially in the early days of Taris, where he was just so distrusting. But I kind of, I liked all my crew, but there was definitely not a Mass Effect-esque romance going on with any of them. So... I'm intrigued to hear more about that. Don't worry if you can't say more until the end. No, 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 no. I'll say it now because you've perfectly set it up for me. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, with Bastila, it's literally like you're whittling her down 
bit by bit, you're chipping away at her exterior, which is so hard and like pretentious and Jedi-like and whatnot. Um, mm. And um, and you just, you get on her nerves. You, you're kind of bantery with her, but you, you just make her exhausted. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, like, along the way, she accidentally, like, mentions an attraction to you and little things. And then you just play off it. And in the end, she you just end up snogging. What? Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, you do. With all my training, I should be able to control myself better than this. But you're not like anything I expected. You're not like any man I've ever met before. I find myself watching you when I don't mean to. I'm thinking about you when I don't want to. It's, it's funny with Buster because you just you basically wind her up until she gives in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's romance for you. <laughs> but it's great how it plays into her overall character arc because she, from beginning to end, she really does make a transformation. That's insane. And more so if you do that. The only thing I'll add is I was so tempted to just last minute go, psych, I'm actually not interested in you. <gasps> I was so tempted. Could you imagine? Like, no, I'm not going to do this, Buster. You're a bad, you're a bad influence on me. But no, I didn't. I just thought, I'll follow it through for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> Had you ever played it that way before? Oh, yeah. I played it uh, plenty of times before. You played it every which way but loose, I can imagine, because you love it as much as you do. This ain't my first rodeo with Buster. <laughs> God, she's you've been you go way back, wink wink. We shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. The Jedi are not allowed to fall in love. Eventually, Jolie, or a mission in your case, get to rescuing the party. And we uh, end up escaping in our pants. Again, they've stripped us all down. I just found it so weird. There's a scene where you're like, you see yourself running through the cameras and like Carl's basically in his boxes and the girls are in their bodysuits, whatever they are. And it's just so funny. You're just, you look like streakers on the camera of this ship. And then the rest of the gang just come from a side room, like they were on a coffee break or something. You're yes! just like, you're all dressed. What happened to you guys? You got off lightly. Have you been in the gift shop? What's going on here? Yeah. So we finally get to this is the pivotal moment of Kota. And um, something that I will be totally honest, I did not see coming at all, which is great. Yay! And I know that you'll be, yay. I know you'll be very happy about that because you always love it when I'm fooled by a twist. And you get to the bridge, you have a showdown with Admiral Carath and... You do eventually kill him. As he dies, he whispers some final words to Karth. And I I genuinely thought it was just him kind of like being a bit of a dick about his wife. Like, you know, tell your wife I said hi or something. Like, I didn't think it was going to be anything more meaningful than that. He's like, what is he saying? And he's laughing at the end. And I was just thinking, he's saying something silly like, your flies are undone. You didn't know, didn't you? Ha 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 ha. After um, Sol Karath inaudibly whispers to Karth, what, what's piques her interest even more is the fact that um that he's very much like Bastila you knew the Jedi Order knew this whole time and you said nothing and you're like mm. whoa you're not privy to any of this and you're like something's fishy fishy <laughs> throw back to locker guy long may he reign <laughs> and then the big reveal happens and uh you end up running into, on your way out of the ship, you run into Malik, uh, the big bad of the whole thing, who casually, you know, spills the scalding hot tea that you are Revan. You are the Dark Lord who Malik was actually apprenticed to. And what happened was you lost your memory when you were nearly killed and Bastila revived you and effectively wiped your, you know, your memory card clean, kind of tried to reprogram you on behalf of the Jedi Order. And you're just like, 
what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And something like that to me is always so clever in a game that gives you no identity because you kind of get used to the idea that you have no identity. You know, you were, what was your name again? Oh, it was, it was Daft. What was it? Oh, a whittle shy. A whittle shy. <laughs> I guess like games like a, you know, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, um, Fallout, you get used to you being your own made up character. It's because it happens so often. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have any real bearing on the world. And then, yeah, when this happens, you're like, so I am, I am the Voldemort, effectively. I am, I am the, the big bad, the evil in this world. Yeah. Even the combined power of the Jedi Council couldn't keep your true identity buried forever. Complete shock back in the day when I was a child. Mm. Um, I didn't see it coming. Now I can see it coming. There's so many hints along the way and we'll delve into that. But as for my character, I chose in this playthrough to be completely like, what's the hell, Bastila? <laughs> what, what, what have you pulled on me? I felt betrayed. You betrayed me, Bastila, my love. Yes. I directed my anger towards her. I can't wait to see how that plays out. How about yourself? How, how did you react? I must admit, it did, in a weird way, make me warm to Bastila, the character that I kind of figured was a judgy bitch the entire time. I was very much like... I get why you were a judgy bitch now. Any sort of like, you know, indication of me going to the dark side, whether that was eyeing up someone else's chips or, you know, making a Yo Mama joke or something, whatever it was that had the slightest inkling that I was leaning, you know, towards the the sour side, she had to yank me back because clearly, you know, I had a tendency for it. (laughs) I had a big taste for the dark side because I was the dark side personified. It it makes a lot of sense when you look back about how Bastila behaves towards you. And I I get that. I also felt weirdly more tender towards her because she did save me. And, you know, she didn't have to, but they they actually talk about this quite a lot throughout the game. Like the Jedi are very, you know, they're very holier than thou. And they also... They don't believe in killing. They don't believe in... in, in... Killing their prisoners. Exactly, yeah. They don't, no one dies at the hands of the Jedi. It's just a case of they will try their hardest to convert you and they will try to, you know, stop evil from prevailing, but they do it in a very uh, humane and very sort of like... They don't, they don't take the lethal approach. No. You obviously don't see the face of Revan, like, the entire time. So you don't know who it is. You only see the hood. And uh, this whole legacy that's been, like, you know, this dark evil in the back of your mind. At some point, I did think to myself, maybe he's still alive. You know, maybe he or she is out there. But uh, it was me. It was me all along. I was the monster all along. And it's great because it's it's delivered to you that information in like a sort of cut scene of sorts. Mm. And it, it, it picks out certain moments along the way in which characters have said questionable things like the force can wipe a mind. They say the force can do terrible things to a mind. It can wipe away your memories and destroy your very identity. Bastler says... How powerful is it to use a known person's uh, memories against them? And uh, the Jedi saying, but we don't usually train someone of this age, but you are a special case. Going back to earlier when we talked about Dantooine, how when Master Fander uh, cut off Master Frook um, in, when he was talking, because he felt like he was about to spill the beans, and when all the time you were being scolded even then about the lure of the dark side, like they're really trying to embed this light sideness in you because their concerns their worries that it will repeat itself that their trick of sorts is not going to work you know and they're desperate yeah absolutely yeah i mean how they feel in that situation must be kind of how you feel when you've got 
HK47 delivering an unintelligible language to those sand people back on Tatooine when you're at the mercy of this guy who, you know, this droid who is clearly evil and itching for a fight and could effectively pop off at any moment and cause a lot of chaos. And you're everyone's sort of like treading on, on thin ice and walking on eggshells and you get suddenly that idea that you're very, very dangerous and the Jedi, you know, they might have felt condescending, but if anything, they were just like, like you say, hoping desperately that their trick is going to pay off. Yeah. It's insane. It's a really, really one of the biggest twists, I think, in, in any game. And I, yeah, I genuinely was kind of blown away by that. And once you have a little confrontation with Malak and you manage to subdue him, but not kill him, he gets away. Uh, and then Bastila gets stuck behind the door with him. Uh, kind of similar to what happened before on the on the end of Spire at the beginning. She's gone. She chooses to put herself in that predicament to save you. So it's almost a redeeming quality in her as well, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I'm really coming around to Bastila so much more. Maybe I was too harsh on her. But she was harsh on me. But now I see why. Ah, oh, She's not dead. She's just captive. But you and the rest of the crew have to get away because you need to get off this planet. Well, you need to get off the ship and uh, go find that final star map and then rescue Bastila. So you manage to get away and you all end up on the ship. This is the bit that I thought you described in your text to me absolutely perfectly when you said, it's like a big old game of Among Us back on the Ebon Hawk. Karth hits the buzzer. He panics. He hits that buzzer. <laughs> He's just like, Revan's on board. And everyone's like, what? Dude, no, come on, you trip in. They deserve to know the truth about you. Do you want to tell them what Malik said, or should I? Yeah, everyone kind of has a little, little town meeting where they discuss the fact that you're casually the Dark Lord. So what happened during that for you? Um, generally, everyone's a-okay a with it. <laughs> Much to Karth's dismay, the bugger. But, um... <laughs> Karth wants there to be a manhunt, a witch hunt, and nothing happens really for me. Yeah, yeah. There was no votes. Everyone skipped the vote. <laughs> and at that moment, I said... I'm not the Dark Lord anymore. I'm a little shy. I'm one of you. You knew you knew that name was going to pay dividends, didn't you? <laughs> I just randomly put it in and it just paid off perfectly. But yeah, um, Salbar, he's got a life debt mission. She sees my help towards her and Taris as the person that I am now. That was the phrase that I fell in love with. I've written it down. Um, mission basically says... It doesn't really matter anymore. You are who you are now. You don't need to be your past. You don't need to be any of your mistakes. You are who you are in this moment. And I was, yeah, that actually made me quite emotional. <laughs> well, it made you emotional. It gave me an excuse to go, ah, this is a great bit of dialogue to really start delving into the dark side. You are who you are now. Unleash the inner, inner identity that's been hidden from the rest of the game. So... I see. So you are. So when we sort of discussed about, you know, the idea of you playing bad, me playing good, so we could kind of get a bit of a different perspective when we met up on the podcast and discussed it. But you actually, ah, that's really cool. So you decided to actually take the, the moment of the narrative when it switches and you realise that you've been lied to by the Jedi as your motivation for becoming evil and turning to the dark side. That's sick. Yeah, I know. I know. Tell me about it, right? As a role-playing game, that's that's a that's a great way because it still feels very authentic. It does, you know, and it goes away from the kind of twirly moustache bad guy <laughs> sort of thing that, they, that the dark side dialogue choices can be mm. and it makes it a bit more nuanced. It makes it a bit more human. Um, so yeah, I... I I loved lines like that because it was a good excuse to be bad. See, I took that line as like, oh, you know, I'm a changed, changed person. And you were just like, ha ha, so they think. 
Well, it also turned the tables massively with Candorous because suddenly I was the war hero. I'd been listening to all of his stories all that time, being like, oh man, you were in the Mandalorian War? Tell me more, like that Willy Wonka meme. And then all of a sudden, I was Revan, and he was like, oh, well, uh, I feel like you might have some stories for me. Not that you can remember them. <laughs> well, the thing with Revan and the Mandalorian Wars was it was Revan that pretty much many regards him as the person that won the Mandalorian Wars. He led the, the Republic. He led the Jedi. And Candrus looks up yes. to you immensely yeah. because of that. Because you are you are the one that bested him and his people. And the Mandalorians mm. are very much people of honour. And if you bested them, they will yeah. stand by you. And that's what Candrus does. And they respect strength above all. Yes. So, you know, suddenly they, they have a lot more respect for him or her, obviously in my case. But yeah, no, I thought that was an interesting dynamic, the change between uh, you and uh, and Candorous. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, talking of memory, we should also discuss the fact that HK-47, you got to the core of him. I did. I remember reading up on it afterwards. And isn't Revan, he used to belong to Revan. Yeah, so we had the whole kind of tinkering with him previously and him telling us about his, his past masters. Um, but there was, there was kind of something that was left and he, he, he there was a memory that it was still there, but he didn't know what it was and it would, it would come out at the right time. And now is the right time. So basically, he just out of the blue remembers, now you've said that you're Revan, that you were a previous master of his. And when you quiz him more on this, you find out that the original meatbag was, in fact, Darth Malik. Your pupil once asked me what I thought of him, and I informed him of his meatbag status. He was unimpressed. But you found the reference humorous. You changed my programming so that I would continue to use the term. It drove your pupil to extreme lengths of frustration. Darth Malik was the original meatbag. He was the meatbag. And you as Revan loved that he's called Malik a meatbag so much that you programmed him or you allowed him to always refer to Malik as meatbag. No way. So all those that all that humour and all that sarcasm all along that you were enjoying so much was actually your own doing. It was my own doing. That is so cool. Absolutely love that. So uh, we're off to the final planet then, I guess. We're off to Corobin uh, to get the final star map. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go save Bastila. So we land on Corbin. I had Jolie and HK with me at this point because uh, I thought they were really funny. One was just sarcasm personified and the other one was just itching for a fight. And I like the grey area that they brought to proceedings, especially on Corbin, which is, you know, not somewhere you really want someone like Jahani who's telling you off for trying to get out of docking fees. What about you? Yeah, similar, actually. Um, I chose HK, my boy, and um, and Candorous, both kind of not goody two-shoes as well so yes. interesting they were both thought the same now getting on my street cred with these sith when you arrive on corobin you realize that the best way to get to where you need to go to get the star map is to go into the sith academy slash sith idol slash sith in their eyes slash britain's got sith how did you make it in because i think you have to make the sith guys laugh like, you have to kind of tell them a joke or something stupid in that. Like... You didn't stoop to that, did you? I you did, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. I told them I was Darth Revan, and they all went, that's hilarious, mate. 
Too funny. I told the truth. They just chose to find it hilarious. <laughs> I just threatened to cut them up into small chunks. Um, and HK47 was all about that. He was like, weapons are prime. <laughs> Get the meat bags, master. Get the meat bags. My path into Sith Hogwarts was quite different. So I kind of came upon, I can't exactly remember how I got in contact with Yuthura and obviously then Uther, who is her master. You kind of get told that if you're going to essentially join the Sith Academy, you are going to need to be a dick. And you're also going to need to earn prestige, which is kind of, you know, if you find artifacts and stuff out in the ruins, if you, you know, do something particularly dastardly, it's it's very sort of like um, childish in many ways because you just have to be as big a knob as you can get away with. It becomes quite apparent that Yathura Ban and Uther, Yathura wants to overthrow her master. And she says to you, if you impress Uther enough, he'll drag you into the ruins and he will give you a test. And that test is going to involve fighting Yathura. So if you side with her, the two of you can fight Uther and kill him. We destroy Master Uther together and I take his place. Then you, when you speak to, you know, Uther, you can actually say to him, oh, Yathura is planning to overthrow you. So there's lots of double crossing, lots of playing against each other you can do here. What did you do? I did exactly that. I got in with Yathura. She she said in a fantastic quote, actually, which I wrote down, which was, the Jedi serve the Force, the Force serves us, which I thought was an amazing way to explain the relationship between the Sith and the Jedi. Yeah. It's cool because the whole this whole section is like the parallel of the Jedi Academy. You know, you're learning the code, you're going out and doing quests and stuff. You're learning the different philosophies, but also how they perceive the Force itself. Exactly. I told Uther that Yathura was planning to overthrow him. You grass. And Uther was like, oh, okay, well, if that's her little game, then go and tell this bloke to give her some sort of poison and she'll be really weak when it comes to the battle, when you have to fight her, obviously part of your test, and then you can just kill her really easily and, you know, then I'll make you a Sith. So it really depends on who you side with in this. You can pick Yathura, you can pick Uther. I then went off into the ruins. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I think I pretty much did all the side quests here. There's a bit where you find like an old Sith ghost in the ruins. Oh, you found him. You found him. I you did, got through yeah. it. I went into every single tomb. I did. I managed to solve the riddle and get the right sword and all that stuff. And there's that guy called Mekel, who's the Draco Malfoy of Sith Hogwarts. And I did not save him from the rogue student because I thought he was a dick. And I become a little Hermione Granger myself. Like, I love going back to Ufa and going, oh, I get to pick from a massive list and I get to impress you. <laughs> Let's go through one by one because uh, there's so much degree of choice in Corbin, hence why I love it. Yeah, it was my favourite planet for sure. So we both got the sword of Ajuntapal which is pretty good. Who said she can't kill a, a ghost twice? Oh, did you kill him? I thought it was really funny because he was kind of like, uh, hello, you're here in the tomb of my sword. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, dude, can you give us a riddle? And he's like, now you die. And you're like, Yeah, oh. yeah. What's your deal? What's your deal? And then on the way out, one of the students tried to rob me of the sword and I said, I had pretty much cut him down where he stood. <laughs> I was taking no hassle. So there's one student, isn't there, who you can like basically pretend to team up with and like you'll both go off in search of this thing together and then when you find it she's like ha i'm gonna take it back now and i'm gonna get all the kudos from master uther and you're like not so fast bitch was that dashow or the blonde one whatever yes, her name is yes her oh, yeah, yeah yeah she's such a she's a swine isn't she she's a swine I, I basically ben i wrote in my notes i killed them all i got all the things and then i went back to uther and was like praise me daddy <laughs> Welcome to the dark side, my children. 
Did you go into the um into the the tomb with the droids? What did you do there? I did fight them all. I think I just beat the droids. And then isn't there a bit what happens when you get to the center of that tomb? Because I remember fighting the droids. Yeah, so basically there's a, a stealth gadgety thing that you wear around your waist. Stealth field generator, yeah. That's it. And it makes your footsteps quieter because it's all about like the 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 assassin droid being a bit sensitive with his hearing and it's driving him insane. So if you go in there wearing that thing, you get to speak with him and he needs reprogramming. I reprogrammed him and he basically bolted out of there afterwards like Forrest Gump. It was hilarious. <laughs> like he just went, gone. I definitely didn't do that. I think I do think I, I ended up killing them. I was very much uh, feeling myself when it came to my Sith Lightning and my weapons. And I, yeah, I was enjoying combat a damn sight more than I did in Terrace. I'll tell you that for free. And the only other thing really that I've got to note about the tasks at hand was that I I killed the students trying to run away in the cave. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I I tortured and obtained the information from the captive as well. Oh god, is he the Mandalorian? Yeah, the one that speaks Twi'lek. Yeah. Weapons weapons cache. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't torture him. I let, I set him free. Oh, did you? Ah, nice. Yeah. And then I could have gone to Uther actually and been like, I have the code for the weapons cache, but I actually didn't because I thought to myself, I'll keep it for me. And that's not actually an option, so that was a bit of a cock tease. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I will, actually, th- I will. I will come back to that point. Actually, there's one moment in Kota. I love the game. I think it's great. But there is one moment that did genuinely cock tease me, and it's uh, it's coming up. So I'll, okay. I'll let you know when we get there. But anyway, uh, I I then took on the challenge to you know go into the ruins, get the star map, and then eventually fight Yathura. So I take it you also appeased Master Uther and then went in. So uh, what did you do? Who did you side with, Yathura or Uther? I want to hear your story first. I do. <laughs> okay, so I went into the ruins, did all the stuff, you know, got the, got the star map, whatever, came out, and then they were like, welcome, you are now a Sith, congratulations, all that stuff. And I basically decided to say to them psych i used you both i am actually a jedi girl and they just sort of like were both kind of stunned this makes no sense you will never become a sith if you turn on us both and i was like yeah so i killed them both oh wow were they a tough fight together or were they a piece of cake it was hard. I had to reload it a few times. But I, I think the thing is with me, I'm quite stubborn. Like Leo kept seeing me die over my shoulder. I think he was watching telly and I was playing it in the lounge. And he was like, you've died quite a lot, haven't you? And I was like, the more you say I've died, the more I will continue to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, what's happening here? And I'm like, well, there's two Sith guys. I want to kill them both because they're both nasty old Sith. But I don't, you know, I don't want to pick either or. Because I did try at one point. I I managed to do it both ways. Like I, I could easily kill Uther or Yathura solo. Um, but in the end, yeah, I managed to take them both down and I got a lot of XP and I felt like I had truly embraced my Sith side in that, in that mission. So what did you do? Yathura for your, oh God, I can't say her name without going into an accent. What's with all these names? <laughs> Let's try that again. Yathura, Yathura, whatever. <laughs> For you, she was poisoned, wasn't she? So she was a little bit weaker. Yeah, she was also weaker as well, yeah, because I played them against each other, so I had weakened her, yeah. Handy to note. So Corobin, this time, was a first for me in the sense of usually I love to poison them both. You get to poison his bath and you get to poison something of hers and they're both weakened. And it's great just to pull that fast one on them. However, that is not what I did. 
because I just completely forgot to mention to anyone about any plan or plot. So I got to the I got to the thing, and as Ufa had planned, he pitted me against Euphura, and um, I killed Euphura, and then. I saw a side of Ufa that I've never seen before, and I just thought, you are not worthy of the title of Sith, being one myself now, being the Dark Lord. Basically, because I didn't tell him about Euphora's plan, he, he wanted to kill me afterwards. <gasps> and I thought... Well, that is very you... Sith, isn't it, really? That's on brand well, for a Sith. Well, is it, though? Because the way of the Sith is to surpass the Master. And so he should have always expected this coming. The fact that he's taken it out of me shows his weakness. So I was just peed off. I, I let him have it. And so I very much the outcome was very similar to yours. Got back to the temple. Everyone knew about it. And everyone went mental. Everyone went mental. <laughs> including a certain Dustil who was in the, um, the temple. No. I never planned for this, may I say. <laughs> So I, I, I had a good old chinwag with him and um, turns out Dustal is in the academy, very much um, distanced from the way of his youth, from the, from the destruction of his planet, uh, very much against his father, blames his father for everything that happened. Oh no, poor Karth. I was trying to do the loyal thing and save Dustal for Karth. Because, um, you know, Karth's been annoying, but he ain't... Oh, he's a, he's a good know, guy deep down, it, yeah. But because of everything that transpired, Dust still, like the rest of the Academy, was against me. And so I, I just had to chop him down. The saddest thing is I probably killed him and didn't even realise. Because <laughs> I got back, and it's hilarious, isn't it? Because I even said this to Leo, once I'd killed these guys, and I went to the ruins um, with the two of them, and I'm coming back with just me. So I don't know whether anyone's going to say anything when I get back, but hopefully they'll just think they're in the loo or something. So I explained that I'd killed both of these people as part of this trial. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe they'll they'll be fine. Like I was walking back through the ruins. Every single Sith, I was sort of walking past, like whistling, like, good day. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing the to see here. Yeah. yeah. And then I got back and yeah, they just ambush you and they're like, where's Uther? And you're like, um having a cigarette uh he's he's not here right now um having a slash like and they just don't buy it they don't buy any of it how is it that you're leaving nagasado's tomb by yourself by that point i was just like oh god i wish i just invested more in my persuade skill yeah but i try i mean my so my uh you know this because i kind of messed up a little bit at the beginning because i didn't actually give myself any good physicality stats i was very heavily into intelligence and charisma my persuade skill was top like it was insanely good and I still couldn't do it. I don't think you can. Really? No, I'm not sure. Oh. Maybe you can if it's, I don't know, maybe you can. I might look it up after this. But And if you know, listeners, let us know if you can. If your persuade is that good, can you just make them all think that Master Uther has taken the rest of the day off? Everything I tried, because I reloaded it a couple of times, they went for me. And uh, I had to run through this this uh, academy killing all the Sith who were like, it's them, get them, and finally made it back. So Dustil probably died by my hands and I didn't even know. I mean, you were just on a bloodbath yourself, really. So you probably don't know who you... Uh, Corbin was my guilty pleasure, you know. I indulged in Corbin. Everyone's allowed to have a little off day. You killed more people <laughs> than me. Um, but... <laughs> I would say as well that if you were a real goody two-shoes, um, you would have been able to save both Euphora and Confer to the Light and also several of the students. Ah, right. Yeah. See, I wasn't. I really, really wasn't. Because I heard you get light side points if you convert Euphora. Yeah, Euthura. yeah. She has a bit of a backstory, but um, neither of us encountered it. So 
forget that old shiz. <laughs> if you want to know, though, give it a Google. There's probably a few things that we're doing that other people are like, oh, I didn't know about that. So uh, the game is really the gift that keeps on giving. It's what I love about RPGs and especially, you know, uh, such decision-based, heavy, choose-your-own-adventure-style games like Kota. So I guess we've got the final bit of the star map now and we're ready to jet off to we are. the Starforge to rescue Bastila. One little thing before we leave. Did you get... Did you get a random parcel from a Rodian? I did, yes. Yeah, I thought it was drugs, naturally. I got quite excited. But it was just rice, wasn't it? I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Uh, no, did you get a, a, a mysterious box? No, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were on about the guy who says there should be some like special spices. Oh, spice. Yeah, spice runners and all that. It's like smuggler thing in Star Wars. But no, there's, there's another little dude. Um, and he, he gives you a... A box, and basically you go into the uh, into the Ebon Hawk, yeah. and I mean this is a bit of a side thing from Corbin itself, but you click on it. Well, you're told not to. You have to deliver it to one of the huts somewhere in the galaxy. Oh, um, I think I yeah. You're not supposed to open the spice, are you? What what is it? <laughs> so basically, you open it up, and you're transported it into another realm, and basically, <gasps> what happens? I know. That's so insane. I did not, I didn't, because I, did, I just thought it was like a, I don't know. I, I guess curiosity could have got the better of me, but I didn't think about it. I was just like, oh, I'll take it back to the hut. No way. So basically, this is an ancient box built by the Rakata, the Rakatan, whatever they're yep, called. Yeah, which we're going to get race, to fairly will, soon. Yep. Yeah, you will know about them a bit more shortly. And there's a prisoner in there. So the box is a prison. And he, as well as you, are both trapped in this box now. And he says... Whichever one of us wins this challenge will get out of the box. And basically you're on, you have to present each other riddles and know the answer. Whoever knows the answer gets out of the box. Um, right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a clash of like who's smarter sort of thing going on. Um, yeah. It, it just nothing much or more to say beyond that. A little tease of the species to come. But um I don't know, it's just a cool little side thing in the game. That is so cool. I, yeah, it, it makes me wonder. I genuinely think after we've, you know, I've gone through the second one, I might I might go back and have a bit of a replay because there are lots of things that, you know, you just would not get unless you were so attentive, so detail-orientated the first time around. Because, I mean, that side quest alone is is just like a, just a random thing. I mean, I just thought it was like a classic fetch quest type deal. Man, that's cool. So we're on our way to the Starforge, but wait! There's more. It's like a bloody tele-shopping channel. The force field surrounding the Star Forge destabilizes us. Is that is that what happens? It's like a tractor beam from the planet. It's like something about the planet's assigned to crash ships to protect the Star Forge. Gotcha. Gotcha. Roger that. So you end up crashing on this planet. And my first impression of this unknown planet, hot vacay spot. There is beach, there is palm trees, there is beautiful ocean. There are worse places, you know, to get destabilised by via a disruptor field and get stuck. I mean, I thought it was pretty alright. And then I realised there were, uh, oh, cannibals! Oh, goody! That's really ruined my holly bobs, isn't it? Yeah, I was just ready to get my Tom Hanks on. Wilson! Yeah, Wilson! You have a bit of a chat with your team and you're kind of... <laughs> bickering now like a bit of a family like everybody on the ebon hawk is you know almost a bit like guardians of the galaxy you know you've got this little kind of like dysfunctional family vibe and you decide to go and explore the planet because let's face it what else can you do so there are two tribes of people who live here the Rakata are the species we have the elders and we have i can't remember the other tribe but it's led by what they call the one so which tribe did you go to the one with the one 
the shittest friends episode ever. Interesting. I went that way first and I, I sort of found it to be very, very primitive. These are the savages who've been, you know, killing people across the island and all that. Wicker baskets, very sort of primeval, um, primitive living. They've got the little mud hut. Reminded me of the sand people a little bit. And you also see those rancor, like baby rancor monsters that are kind of like uh, imprisoned and, and sort of like essentially there to be let loose on on bad guys. And you speak to the one, uh, you're effectively brought to the one, aren't you really? You kind of get ambushed. And um, after you speak to him, he kind of says that the elders are the bad guys. Like you get the impression that both of these tribes are at war. Revan actually had sided with the bad side, who were kind of like pro-Starforge, pro-universal you know, domination and all that jazz. He actually had sided, he'd bet on the wrong horse the last time he was there. He'd sided with the bad guys. And this is your chance to essentially undo what Revan did by siding with the right people and actually undoing the Starforge rather than trying to to erect it in the first place. You would have think you're the baddie and I'm the goodie because I went to the elders. I went to the Rakata tribe, the, the one tribe first. And uh, obviously they were like, go kill the elders. And I was sort of like, yeah. Uh. But obviously I wanted to go speak to the elders first. So I then went into the elders and chatted with them. And they were all like, oh, Revan, you know, you, you came here last time and you played us like a damn fiddle. And, you know, you basically got one over on us and ended up conquering the galaxy and all that stuff and why should we believe you this time now you're saying that you want us to you know help you get rid of the starforge what the hell's going on this is where i felt a little bit cockteased as i mentioned before because they kind of imply that you can solve this entire conflict peacefully and the problem that i had is that i'd obviously been to the first tribe got their side of the story been to the elders got their side of the story and then I went back to the Rakata to try and rescue the prisoner that was there in their tribe. And they just attacked me on sight. I couldn't do any side quests or anything. And it really kind of frustrated me a little bit because I was like, oh man, I was kind of led to believe that there could have been a way out of that. But it seemed that peace was never an option. So I kind of ended up having to kill the primitive tribe, including all those nasty rancor baby monsters. And then I set the prisoner free. And um, yeah, the elders were the good guys. And they helped me to get into the temple and effectively undo the Starforge. But um, yeah, it was, I just felt a bit betrayed there. Like I should have been able to have found a way to make it peacefully, but I didn't. Yeah, with the, with the elders, um, you it's really interesting because you get a bit of a prior history, so you real you learn that you met them three years prior when you, as Revan, had gone there with Malik. Yes. Um. So you had obviously followed the Starforge much like you have through the game with the mm -hmm. maps. Yep. You're retracing your own steps, aren't you, from the past? You are yeah. effectively, yeah. And you learn that the species were were the ancient empire that the Tuscan raiders, the sand people, told you about earlier in the game, mm. or told me, and that they dominated the galaxy. But upon regret and inner corruption, and also their near destruction from uh, different species fighting back, they retreated to their homeworld and gave up their ways. So the Starforge lays dormant above them, well, kind of dormant, under Malik's control now. So... It just really kind of gives it a context really into the Starforge, the species, the, the secret backstory of the game. 
Yeah, very much so. Because you obviously, when you realise that Revan had been here before and he's made promises already to destroy the enemies of these like primitive tribes people, you, you do get this sense of like history repeating itself. Like all the legends and the lore that have followed you throughout the whole of the game is actually repeating itself. It's actually one big cycle. And you're kind of back here to do the opposite of what you did the first time. <laughs> Not that you can remember when that happened. And something that I loved was the difference in the two tribes' level of civilization and understanding. Like one was researching force sensitivity, the other one thought it was all magic. And even like the little details, like the containers, like the primitive tribe, they have those you know, sort of wicker baskets, whereas the elders have like plasteel cylinders. They even have droids. It's all very like the detail of these two different worlds. And it's so clear to see which has the true understanding of the world and which is kind of taking the easy way out. And obviously Revan just completely worked the system when he was here last time and betrayed, you know, the good people in favour of the bad people. And now it's up to us to change that. I would like to have had an option without bloodshed, but I guess that's the nature of the beast. One thing to add on to what you said as well is that the elders, they are the only tribe, they're like descendants of priests or something like that of the Starforge. And so they're the only tribe that holds the knowledge of their species' own history. So that's why they seem more advanced than, say, the Wands tribe the Ricata, because um because they hold that knowledge still you go through this uh temple and only four sensitive people can go in so it's just you jolie and juhani so you know naturally it was Ju juhani was third wheel for me you know you remind me of someone else i knew ages ago pleasant enough fellow great destiny all of that breath like a panther but I, I actually really enjoyed this uh, this part because I'd kind of got to the point where I was just enjoying the combat. You found your flow. Listening to Strong Enough by Cher while I rounded those ruins, killing all the Sith. And I did feel strong enough, Ben. I did. <laughs> Cher was right. <laughs> well, you inspired me. You inspired me with your song choice. So I decided to play Perry Como's Papa Loves Mambo because we all know... <laughs> It's the perfect song and it works for any occasion. And what better way to get the dark side juices flowing? You can just imagine me sprinting through the hallways of ba 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 so you learn here as well that the Starforge is like a living entity. For the first time ever, you really understand what the Starforge is. So this thing creates ships and like feeds on energy. The ancient civilization known as the Infinite Empire, which we were talking about before, crumbled because of it. Like this thing is like a factory. It, it's both a space station and a battle dreadnought and it feeds itself, which is super scary. It feeds on the force specifically. It does, yes. I, you know, felt really overwhelmed by, by this thing's power. And then you get to uh, the top of the temple and who's there waiting for you? It's your girlfriend, Bastila. Revan, I knew you'd come for me. Malak thought you might be afraid to enter the temple again, but he doesn't know you like I do. Not anymore, not since you've changed. Quickly, Bastila, come with us. We have to escape before Malak arrives. Escape? You don't understand. I have sworn allegiance to Lord Malak and the Sith. I am no longer a pawn of the Jedi Council. 
you uh, you do get a cutscene actually, don't you, in between um, Corobin or wherever you last, whatever last planet that you did, and the unknown planet where you end up crash landing, and you just see Bastila getting tortured. She's kind of like strapped into a bed, and Malik's really. I want to say having his way with her, but that's not quite right. You had to say bed as well, <laughs> honestly. You painted such a picture. Oh, God, I painted a real picture. But she's she's strapped into like this recliner. We'll say recliner. And uh, he's torturing her and he's trying to get her to break. And, you know, you don't really pay much attention to it. I didn't. I was like, he's never going to break her. But here she is. And my only sentence, the only thing I wrote in my uh, notes was, Bastila? Bitch, how the mighty fall. She had like dark sort of makeup on as well. Like her hair looked darker. She 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 was like she was putting like sassy stances. The way she was talking, her hand was moving. I thought, oh, you've grown. This is her edgy edgy emo face. Like she's totally she's really here for it. She's working it. So we have to now stop Bastila. We have to fight her because she's you know given in to the dark side and been listening to what Malik's been saying. And the dark side has now taken over her. So she is against us and we have to fight her. Crazy, isn't this it? Can't be, this can't be right. Like, first of all, I was really glad that I took her sodden lightsaber. Could you imagine? <laughs> She's uh, got a brand spanking <laughs> new one for a big red one now. Fighting her. What was that like for you? She was a bit of a pushover, really. <laughs> she wasn't that hard. She wasn't that hard. She wasn't that hard. No, she was acting all hard. But hey, that she was compensating, wasn't she? But um. Yeah, no, no, she was a bit of a pushover. And I had both Jahani and Jolie with me. So together we kind of squished her. She just gets defeated and then she kind of runs away. And at that point, you know, you, you go back to the Ebon Hawk and you tell the gang what's happened. But before, hold on, haha. Oh no, what, what, what? Now our paths really diverge. So hold that thought. <gasps> so Bastila says, the power is not lost in you after all, Revan. And then I realised that never has choosing the dark side and owning the name Revan been so easy when the light side dialogue option was, don't call me that. I'm not Revan anymore. I'm a little shy now. <laughs> I just thought, I can't do it to myself. I'm going full dark. Here we go. And so I... He's not a little shy anymore. He's come out of his shell. <laughs> he's come out of this little shell. Um, and... I, I own Revan. I am Revan. And I am the true Dark Lord. Now, this pleases Bastila because she's, you know, she's, she's edgy now. I would stand by your side gladly as your lover and apprentice. I swore allegiance to Malik only because I thought you had lost the power you once wielded. But this, this would be much better. But Jolie and Jahani are absolutely beside themselves and they go, we cannot follow you. This is the end of the line. If you choose this way, this is it. And it was like, oh, it was like some sort of Microsoft program. You know how like they always pop up and say, are you sure? Are you sure? Can you see my jaw right now? <laughs> I can't, but uh, I wish I could. But, um, but yeah, so <laughs> it was constantly giving you an out. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? And I was going yes, fully into yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> and basically... No coming back. Me and Bastila, we fight Jolie and Jahani. Jolie and Jahani, fight the dust, the dead. <gasps> you killed Jolie Bindo, the man I want to be president of the world? <laughs> of the galaxy? I mean, you liked him more than me. I, 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 no! He was a bit annoying. He's and Jahani, just here for the food. He's just Jahani's here for the dead food. As well. I love how much you're just ignoring that Jahani exists. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't really like Jahani, but Jolie, he's just here for the food. 
Well, he he's, can be food for the birds now because he <laughs> is dead. You intergalactic skank. Yeah, before I went out there, I nearly just stripped them down of everything, their armour, their weapons and whatnot. But I thought, no, I've got more respect for them. I, I, I can't let them do that. So I, I let them have their weapons, their powerful yeah. weapons that they had been given through the playthrough. And they died with honour. And it wouldn't have made sense because also you wouldn't have known at that point if you were playing it sort of authentic- authentically, you wouldn't have known that uh, Revan would have turned. It was almost Bastila's words. Again, you've used a, an authentic part of the narrative for a catalyst for your own story, which is really cool. Obviously, you tell me what happened to you at the Ebon Hawk, and then I'll say what happened for me. Well, I mean, I want to know what happened to you now. Jesus, that must have been really... I can't believe you just killed Juhani and Jolie like that. That's insane. Oh, my God, I want to know. Uh, I'll go first then. Oh, <laughs> right. Let me get my notes because this is... this The tea, there's a lot of tea here. So I've got to really know what I'm saying. So, oh, actually, before I go back to the Ebon Hawk, let me mention, I go back to the Elder Tribe and kill them all. For the experience. Oh my god, you just went back and decided to destroy them anyway, even though they helped you. Yeah. I grab some loot, I kill the prisoners that they have of the opposing tribe, and I even hit the gong on the way out. <laughs> you were just like... <laughs> hey, I had adopted my full Revan swagger by this point. I was like, bish bash bosh, hit the gong, I am back, full bad guy. That's so funny. So yeah, uh, back oh. to the Evan Hawk. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I am a whittle shy. No more. Oh, no. Calf is against me. The droids are chill due to how they are. Candrus sides with me due to my combat prowess in the Mandalorian Wars. Mission sides with Calf and cannot affiliate herself with a Sith after what happens to Taris. But wait, Salbar is bound by a life debt. Mission stands by her word regardless. Calf runs away. Mission believes I will not kill her. <laughs> I would find that emotionally taxing. So I force persuade Salbar to kill her instead. <gasps> Mission pleads, no. but it is too late. Nobody ditches me, not even my gunslinger bud. What? So you made Zalbar kill Mission? Yep, I made Zalbar kill Mission. Now, for, for I want to hear your reactions. I'm sure the listeners do too. I'm going to send you a photo. And Crap. this is basically what my character selection screen looked like after this. Okay. Oh my! I j- I'm I'm just blown away that you you made Zalbar do it. Like oh like yeah, her her guardian, her protector, and Salbar her best friend. Not, Salbar couldn't control himself. He was forced persuaded. He had no choice <gasps> but to do this. Oh my god! I'm absolutely blown away. Have a look at the photo. This is my character screen afterwards. It's oh so empty. God. The whole gang is gone. You've literally just got two droids. Two droids and Candorous. That's it. Well, we'll so get to So what happened to, to Zalbar then? We'll get to that. That is nuts. You just... You wait... I mean, it, it works with the story though. You kind of really, you know, led led into... you. No, I, I'm actually speechless, Ben. You've done it. I played my character as if he was really, really, really angry that he had been used. And he was weak because, you know, he realised it and he fed back into the dark side and that's what happened. And happens. anyone that was against him or ditched him or betrayed him after all of his loyalty to his his tribe, his clan, his lot, um, if they couldn't reciprocate that, 
then I wanted nothing to do with them. So that's how I played it. That must have been heartbreaking, though. That absolutely, I'm heartbreaking broken for you. I can't imagine how that played out with Zaba. It, it was not an easy decision, considering how Mission, for once, um, was my right-hand man, really, throughout the game. So it was really hard, but it had to be done. <sighs> the greater good. The greater good. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, so I, yeah, I mean, in comparison to that, mine was a tea party. I got back to the Ebon Hawk, and I was like... Bastard has been a right old cow. And they were all like, no way, what happened? And I said that she basically had been uh, persuaded by Malik to join the dark side again. And she was against us. And now what's even worse is she's going to be using her battle meditation against us. So we need to get into the Starforge now and not even rescue her anymore, but just stop her from doing that so we can overthrow and uh, the Republic can win and all that jazz. So I had a full team on my side, Jolie and Juhani. And uh, yeah, it was just Bastila who I I thought, and I I really thought she was there to be redeemed. Again, I thought to myself, I can totally redeem her. Maybe if I could have done it a different way, like maybe there was a way, or maybe you always had to choose between like Bastila and effectively the the rest of your crew in many ways. But anyway, I went off in search of Bastila. So shall we go to the Starforge and find out how it all ends? Yep. Final act now, the Starforge, let's do it. So on the way to the Starforge, you get a cutscene where... We see Malik's actual face. And all I can say is, yeesh, it is no wonder he always wore a turtleneck. Yeah, I mean, the lack of dental treatment in his lockdown must not have served him very well because his whole jaw's gone. He's basically missing his into- the, the bottom of his face, the entire of his jaw. Like, it suddenly makes sense as to why, you know, he always had like a really... Uh, like tight scarf situation going on because he hasn't got it he's half his face is missing what the hell how'd that happen well he he was in the war wasn't he the mandalorian war so it might have happened back then oh actually no scrap that because we see visions of him afterwards and he's still got his full face so just some sith some sith maybe it's part of a sith uh, initiation ritual because you need a funny voice box don't you to kind of make yourself feel really evil yeah just for the just for the giggles and then we get another cutscene as well don't we so within the ebon hawk you would have been with Karth when you received a transmission. Yes. And who was on that transmission for you? So this was uh, Master Vandar, the Yoda alike, and somebody from the Republic. I think it might have been like the War General of the Republic. So yeah, they 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 are beamed through into the ship and they're on your side. Admiral Dodonna, this is Karth Anassi. We're receiving your transmission. Karth, I'm glad to see you're still alive. We've begun our assault on the Star Forge, but we're taking heavy losses. I was with Bastila, both the same people on the transmission. And we were very much like, oh no, fight the Starforge. Um, but obviously we were lying. The Jedi strike team and the Republic forces will provide the perfect distraction as we hunt down your ex-apprentice. I'm so interested to see where this is going to go for you. I, being the goody-goody, got all my crew with me. I think I went aboard with... Um, Car- it was Karth and Jolie. That's who I took with me. And... Uh, you get to the ship and it's it's very funny. It's kind of like, we should make sure we uh, we get aboard quietly so they don't know we're here. Come on, before they... Damn! 
am. Ah, shit. And the next thing you know, you've got dark Jedis coming on in droves. Oh my gosh, yeah. They just like keep spawning for, for days. They're just like a row of ants, aren't they? There's just like a constant yes. line of enemies coming in. You're like, oh, go away. You go into a corner and they all spawn in behind you. And you're like, sod off. <laughs> like wasps on a sodding picnic. Yes. Yeah, it's the worst thing. I was swatting them away. So we eventually get through uh, most of the Star Forge, killing all these dark Jedi. Um, I take it you and Bastila were also making your way to through the ship. Myself and Bastila, I had taken Salbo with me. Then Salbo came too and was like, you made me kill Mission. I cannot follow <gasps> you anymore. And he turned oh. against me. So I, I killed Salba. Oh. And then I replaced him. With my boy HK-47. So Salba is now gone. So that leaves T3M4, Bastila, HK-47, Kandra. So that is out of the nine, four left. Speaking of Bastila, obviously she's with you in your playthrough. But for me, she's still on a baddie. She's on the bad side. So I, me and my gang, we fought our way through. And then we finally encountered Bastila. Revan, I knew you'd come for me. I was no match for you in the temple, but when I fled, I knew you would follow me here. I will read you word for word what my notes say as I was playing. Bastila is all like, I can never atone for my betrayal. I will never let her live it down when she comes back to the light. Haha, <laughs> I will totally beat her and then she'll just have to join me again. And then the very next line of my notes is just, oh shit, I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I didn't even know that was, you killed her. I didn't even know you could do I that. I killed her. Genuinely, I thought I well this is oh, it amazes me that you say that you didn't think that was possible. I tried everything to try and convince her to come back cuz the fight happens in stages. You keep having like bits of dialogue in between like you'll whack her a little bit and then she'll stop and you'll have a bit of a, you know, trash talk and then you'll fight each other again. The light side is failing you while the power of the star forge re-energizes me. Soon this will all be over. <laughs> I'm so gonna, you know, hold it over her and, and wind her up when she comes back to the light because I was so, so convinced, Ben, that I would be able to... It was so certain it was going to play out that way and the game was like... The game nope. just... It, it, do you know what? This was when it really impressed me, actually, because it threw me for six. I, I just was so convinced that I would end up just converting her back to the light. Like, I didn't think she would be... I, I knew that if you messed up, you could kill characters permanently, but I just didn't think Bastila would die. I thought I would have the opportunity to bring her back to the light side. And, yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> I killed her. Oh, my God. What does she have to say about it? This is not possible. You have rejected the dark side. You are a weak and pathetic servant of the light. How can you still stand against me? Why can't I defeat you? She felt so bad that she was so weak. How can you be still so powerful? I thought the Jedi were weak. I thought the dark side was the strongest way to go. And how, how are you so powerful? How have I not been able to defeat I mean, you? Oh, God, so you killed Bastila. <laughs> I did, oh my, I did. That's going to be so interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I take it that's rare? <laughs> well, that, hold on, but, oh, yeah, God, you throw my tongue, of course. So, obviously, you yeah. <laughs> I so love you, that we, we actually are so surprised by each other's choices. Yeah, I, I just didn't know that was a thing. And I'm so, I've got so many questions. But, um, yeah, so you yeah. thought Bastila, and yeah. I thought just three generic, well, I say generic, they're a bit buffed up, but um, just kind of like three dark Jedi. Right. They seem to have like some shields on and whatnot. Okay. Um, nothing really special to say. But afterwards, Bastila stays in that room with the big hologram. Yeah. And she 
she kneels down and she uses her battle meditation against the Republic. I deal with Malik. She deals with the Republic that are trying to destroy the Starforge. So does she kill them? All of them? Wipe them out? I get a series of cutscenes now. And it's basically Master Thunder, the Republic um, commander, uh, realising that the Sith Empire fleet is so brutal and it could only be that brutal because Bastila is using her battle meditation against them, basically buffing up the fleet so that they are perfect in their formations, everything. Um, And basically they all get wiped out. The Republic fleet is wiped out. Um, and did you get any cutscenes about the fleet outside the Starforge as you killed Bastila? Because a lot of it depends on her battle meditation. It does. It does. This was the thing. So I once I had killed Bastila, obviously the battle meditation stopped. And then, you know, we kind of got like a flashback. Master Vandar is all like, oh, OK, cool. It seems like, you know, the field has dropped or whatever. And... Bastila's meditation has stopped you know he stopped sensing her and um yeah they they're able to kind of you know get one up on the on the Starforge Bastila she she kind of lamented the fact that she didn't realize that the Jedi are powerful and that you know the light side is is the true you know the true way and I I'm not gonna lie Ben I felt really smug because <laughs> she she'd lorded it over me the entire game and now here I was basically with her bleeding out on the floor being like the Jedi power is the only way. <laughs> you gave the last lesson. I really gave the last lesson to her. And that actually, that was really big part of my character's arc in a way for me was that I proved them all wrong. I started as a scoundrel. Nobody trusted me. Nobody thought I could amount to anything. Obviously, I was also the Dark Lord and didn't even know it. And I really turned my life around. And for me, that quote by Mission, you know, you are who you are now. That was the theme of my story. Wow, that's cool. I really like that. That is that is individual to you. Uh, that's so cool. That's that's brilliant to hear. It was such a shame to have killed Bastila and I felt terrible for it. I really genuinely did. I know my character would have done. And uh, I had to go on to Malik alone. And I thought Malik was a damn hard fight. <laughs> I really struggled. How did you... I mean, what happened for you? Let's hear how your ending went down. So what makes what makes the Malik fight so difficult is that he's got loads of, like, corpses, like, suspended everywhere. And what he does is he uses them to, like, uh, basically drain the life out of them and bring his health bars back up to full cheeky git yeah uh it was a cheap cheap trick and so what i did is being the the um the the true dark lord um i used that method against him and i drained the life out of every one of those corpses myself so that he could not and i dual dual pistoled him down to the ground oh wow my <laughs> my battle strategy was uh, triple cheese. Triple cheese. So here's here's my strategy, actually. I wrote it down. So run away, heal, stab him a little bit, run away, heal, stab him a little bit, run away, heal, stab him a little bit, basically just repeat. So what I did was I (laughs) got a few good hits in and then I just ran away, buffed myself for the gods (laughs) and used loads of medipacks and then ran back (laughs) and had another go at him. I had to keep running away and healing because he was just so strong. I couldn't, I really, I cheesed it and I'm not sorry. (laughs) You say you cheesed it. I ran from him too because I had to gain a little bit of distance to pistol him. So, but and and you'd think, God, he's so tall. Surely he could keep up. But no, like he's got... 
slow motion big strides see it, yes, it just, yeah yes. i use battle stimulants and i also use like all the because i mean you know it's the final battle so it's that classic thing of like use all the items and i i had a few um electricity ones as well which they're the ones that make you sprint like the speed boosting ones so i was running around the arena like zapping all his corpses and he was trailing behind like a slow poke but yeah it was a little bit cheesy but i did take him down in the end i mean as a kid i didn't realize in my first few playthroughs that you could use the corpses against him <gasps> so you can imagine me it's no. like god knows how old i was like really like sweating in the seat in the player's seat going I, I can't do it I can't how did do you do it. it how did you do it as a kid because i can't imagine doing it without without killing those corpses first i i i just must have really it, i must have been like a dark souls boss back in the day for me i suppose the time he would have been using them you probably could have been using your own buffs and stuff then yeah and it's all yeah like I, I must have literally had like a twitchy eye going on, like just like the stress of it by the eighth time he regens his health. Because I, yeah, it was just a bit much. That is in, that is yeah. absolutely crazy. I can't believe you did that as a kid. You know, he eventually goes down, and after his death, I, I have to admit, part of like my character arc in this whole thing was that I had redeemed myself. I'd been the ultimate success story, and I proved that you know I was a different person now, and. I must admit, after his death, I felt slightly guilty and partly responsible because I was his old mentor. If it wasn't for me, he would never have gone down that path. And then for me to come back as the righteous, I'm a changed man or a changed woman and kill him was just a bit like salt in the wound. And I must admit, I felt like, oh man, I I did this. I, I created this monster only to chase it down and kill it. I cannot help but wonder, Revan, what would have happened had our positions been reversed? What if fate had decreed I would be captured by the Jedi? Could I return to the light as you did? <laughs> and I, I, you know, that's interesting to hear you say as well, because you learn this about Revan in both games, I will say, and that in the Mandalorian Wars and thereafter, well, especially in it, really, he was always he was always the pinnacle of a leader. So he had just had this a- attractiveness to others, not obviously flirtatiously or anything like that. Well, Bast Bastila knows it, right? Am I right? Am I right? People were uh, felt honoured to do as Revan did to follow in his footsteps. Hence, why possibly so many dark Jedi fell, but also Malak. So yeah, to hear you say that actually rings a certain amount of truth because. Revan being how he was did lead Malak down that road yes I'm pretty sure he does say something along the lines of you know it was you 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 know you basically made me this and now you've come back to finish the job and you know it must be that strange dynamic of because you get it a lot actually when when Malak and Revan meet you know Malak still kind of weirdly idolizes him like understands that this is a man who he once idolized with so much power and so much respect and now this guy is like a shadow of his former self and uh yeah, it was a really powerful ending, I thought. Then I got my epic display of glory and commendation. Me and my gang were all together at the end. Bastila is sadly deceased, but uh, the Starforged is destroyed. Malak is subdued. He's gone. And uh, we end up all being given medals. From Coruscant to the farthest reaches of the Outer Rims, you will be known as the saviors of the Republic. Okay, so that's how your game ended. For me, 
I said to Malik, I am the true Sith master. So it's very kind of twirly moustache, bad guy sort of line. I'm 100% Revan now. I've obtained the mantle. I am, I am reborn. Malik pretty much utters something on the lines of, I cannot deny it any longer. <laughs> you are the one who deserves, who deserves to be the Dark Lord. You are the true Dark Lord. And then he just pretty much kills over, really. Oh, wow. He gave you a nice little compliment in the end. The Republic got destroyed. Um, and the Starforge is still there. Yep. Still standing. It's still standing. Still forging. But it's pretty much under my control. Bastler is my right hand. And uh, basically, there's it, the closure shot is just uh, the Sith Armada passing the screen. So it is as it was, but just under my control. I love the idea that... We are a true yin and yang, my friend. We, <laughs> one of us has one of us is the redemption story, and the other one is the. They're both redemption stories, but one redeemed their former glory, and the other one redeemed them themselves morally. We have completed the story. Congratulations, first Yay! and foremost. Your total lack of total experience and knowledge has now ceased and is ended. You are you are one of us now. Thank you. I'm, I'm a Padawan, really, aren't I? You are a Jedi Master, my friend. Oh, thank you. You humble me. I thought I'd get some thoughts on the overall story with you. So, did you like it? Yeah, I really, really did. I thought it was, um, it had amazing characters, brilliant dialogue, it was genuinely really, really funny. And it was an impressively malleable piece of storytelling that you could push in any direction that you wanted and I think that was what impressed me someone who doesn't even have any dialogue themselves to actually speak I I never thought I could care so much about them but I was really invested did it surprise you the Revan reveal really did um it was it was shocking it set up really really well and um it surprised me as well because I think early on in Taris I did kind of the D&D mechanics that were kind of out of your control. I, I do play D&D, so I really enjoy stuff like that, but it actually baffled me quite a lot. If me, who played in, like, The Unknown Planet, could have gone back to me and Taris and been like, just keep going, you'll struggle a little bit early on, but you'll really love it, I think I would. Because it did surprise me in that respect as well. I got so much more into the game mechanically than I thought I would. Anything that you disliked about the story? Only really the bit that I kind of said, which was, you know, I felt like there were a few times where the game was so open and so, you know, incredibly uh, customizable in terms of plot. You could literally just kill or not kill or maybe be indifferent or maybe set it up so that someone else killed someone. Like there were lots of different options. And I felt the only bit that really caught me off guard a bit was the the Rakata section in the Unknown Planet because I felt like they it did feel like there was a bit of a tease like we must solve this peacefully and there was just no way of doing that anything that you would like to see or hope to see in the sequel just more of Jolie being Jolie to be honest Jolie Jolie and I want more of HK because he's great obviously I presume that I am Revan in the in the next uh, the next game I would like to explore more of that black and white tightrope to see where I my morality goes because maybe I might be evil in the next game who knows this segue is really lovely really oh I sounded so I sounded so um PG there didn't you uh, this segue is really lovely um lovely splendidly you, you went a bit Alan Carr <laughs> I personally 
adore KOTOR 2. Besides the original film trilogy, for nostalgia purposes, it is my favourite Star Wars story and features my favourite character, hands down. It is a complete tonal shift from the first game. Whoa, okay. And is much more nuanced in its characters and dialogue. Without detailing too much, I thought I'd instead tease you with the following. In the aftermath of the Mandalorian Wars, you have walked in the steps of Revan. Now see the galaxy through the eyes of the Exile. The Republic is near collapse. The Jedi are dead. The galaxy is dying a quiet death. There is something lurking, hunting you from the shadows. You may run, but remember, it is not the destination that matters, but the journey. For now, there is one thing you must do. Did you write that yourself? I did. Ah, that's really cool. It feels like a tonal shift. The fact that the Jedi are dead, you know, from that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, it automatically feels like the planet and the uh, the state of affairs is in a worse place than it was when we left it in Kota One. So, yeah, I'm I'm hyped. I'm I'm ready. I guess that's uh, that's my next venture. And then, you know, we'll probably get so in into that. That'll probably be a bloody two-parter as well. I mean, yeah, easily. Easily, easily. We're going to get philosophical about <laughs> the next one. We are, because there is things to talk about. Yeah. Um, Pe people who love Kota can't stop going on about it. And I think there's that's the reason, isn't it? You know, it's a great, it's a fantastic RPG. And it, it is so immersive in its storytelling. And I think that's the reason that we do this, you know? It's the reason we sit and chat games. What I will let the listeners know, and yourself at the same time, is that when we play the sequel, we will be playing it with a mod. That mod restores some content that didn't get released with the game, that there was no development time. And it is regarded as the pinnacle way to play the game. It is the way to play the game. Okay. Whoa. So, so the mod is on Steam, right? It's called the Restored Content Mod. And this is widely okay. known within the community. It is the way to play the game. And it adds spine-tingling moments into the game. So Wow, okay. It, so how do I... Is that on Steam? I can just download that and apply yeah, it? Yeah, really what? easy for you. So... Oh, send me a link. Hook me up. That really will shape your experience. Oh, man. That's so cool. And I could have snogged calf. I really could have snogged calf. Oh, you're, you're going to get so many eyebrows raised if that's your last thought. People are going to go, oh my God, this girl, she wants to snog calf. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying I want to. I'm just saying, you know, like, I didn't realise that was even a thing. I didn't realise there was any kind of romance in there. So uh, that's crazy. What about Big Z? Can you snog Big Z? Big Z has bad breath. I ain't going anywhere near Big Z. <laughs> Blimey, what a journey. Genuinely shook by Ben's brutality, as if he made Zalbar murder mission. How does that boy sleep at night? Oh, and just for the record, I don't want to snog a calf. No, 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 no. Don't go spreading that around the internet, please. It seems there's no way of escaping the sequel for me. Ben's excited. I've installed it on Steam. So yeah, keep an eye out for what will possibly be another double bill on KOTOR 2 in the not-so-distant future. Obviously these games and the episodes attached to them are pretty chunky, so I might mix things up with some smaller episodes in the interim just so I can continue to keep to my plan of monthly show drops. 
So on that note, if you've got a game you want us to cover, be it a AAA giant or a creative little indie, let us know on the socials. That's how we decided to do Kota. After all, so many people mentioned it, and as I knew a potential guest host who was a big fan, it worked out perfectly. Really hope you enjoyed this, guys. If you want to connect with us, you can do so on Twitter at MyGameFiction or Insta at MyGameFictionAddiction. Reviews also help other fans find us. So if you like this and fancy taking two minutes out of your day to tell people why on Apple Podcasts, we'd be very grateful. As always, massive thanks to Neil Kuhn for our amazing artwork, Daniel Ansel for the spoiler alarm, and Matt Chapman of Muchas Music for our ear-tickling theme song. See you next time.